Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Delicious Podcast with me, Julie Smith. And this week I'm with food writer and Instagrammer Ellie Pear at Divertimenti in London's Knightsbridge, where she holds her cookery glasses. I asked Ellie for a recipe from her new book, Green, that for her tastes like home. And I was expecting her favourite dish from her childhood, but the aubergine tomato and chickpea tray bake she chose has come a very long way from that home in South London. I'm not sure what my original home <laughs> tastes like, but um, this is very very much the way that I cook now yeah. at home for myself but in what way is it different what are the ingredients for example or how are you doing it that's so different from the food that you grew up with um I have been a non-meat eater since I was nine so you know uh the way that I eat has been evolving over the years being a vegetarian in 1989 is very different to being a vegetarian now I'm actually a pescatarian I do eat fish yeah. the whole book is veggie and vegan this recipe is exactly the sort of stuff that I eat now because it's centred on chickpeas and pulses are a huge part of my mm-hmm. diet um, but it's I'm always looking out for interesting new ingredients and this also includes um, the rose harissa mm-hmm. which um, is from Bella Zoo and they introduced me to that and I absolutely love absolutely it it's the, it's the well. most incredible intense flavour and then you can match it with quite plain flavours like aubergine and chickpeas and you're going to end up with a really banging dish and I love this and the reason I wanted to show it to you is because you can have it hot and you can also have it cold the next yeah. day. So you're chopping out the tomatoes yeah well, how are you going to um, I'm actually just getting these tomatoes ready off the frying they're cherry tomatoes on the frying really nice and ripe ones but um, I've got one batch of this already in the oven because even though it's super simple and it's got about 30 seconds hands on time it takes I think 50 minutes in total. So you're doing so a bit I've, of blue I've Peter. Start, I'm doing a bit yeah. of I was actually on blue Peter when I was thinking. Oh yeah, <laughs> not for Peter. Badge. They didn't give me a badge. Can you believe it? Um, I'll go back and ask for one. Um, but uh, there's one in the oven that's already on the go. Yeah. But um, these are, tomatoes are going to go into the second batch, so I'm just going to take them off the vine so they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Now, take me back then to that nine-year-old Ellie mm-hmm. growing up. Your sister was already a vegetarian. She and you was. were just you were just you've done your research very well. <laughs> you were just following. Her, I you? was because you know this was the time of uh, you know Anita Roddick and the Body Shop were you know absolute um rock stars at the time and we were all kind of learning about animal cruelty and about the you know uh 
WWF, not the wrestlers, but the <laughs> nature was kind of World Wildlife when we were, Fund. When we were little kids, those were the things that we were really interested in, and uh, you know, saving the pandas and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So I, yeah, I copied my sister, and uh, my mum and dad were fine with it, but they were absolutely adamant if we were going to not eat meat that we had to make sure that we were eating a balanced diet. Yeah. Which meant that as a kid, I was probably learning a lot more about how to get a balanced diet than probably a lot of other kids, which mm-hmm. has stood me in really good stead because now. I don't approach food in a kind of meat and two veg way at all. Yeah. I approach food in a, um, there's lots of different ways of putting a plate of food together around the world. And that for vegetarians especially is the way you need to be thinking. Exactly. And of course, you know, we'll talk a little bit about your influences from all over the world, which is one of the things I love about this book. But I still want you to paint a picture mm-hmm. of okay. that home that you were kind of resisting. You and both your sister okay. and you were resisting. So what was on the table? What did your mum put on the table um, when you were eight? For we'll, example? we'll, my mum always laughed because I always often asked about, you know, did I learn to cook for my mum? The answer is a resounding no. <laughs> I didn't learn to cook for my mum. Um, but we were always, you know, our house was very, very food centred. I was very lucky. We used to go out to eat a lot. That was something that my parents decided that Where they wanted to spend the money. I grew up in London and in South London in Blackheath. And then when I was 10, we moved to Essex. Um, near to Cambridge um, and yeah, the Cambridge borders, but I grew up in London and um, we lived. Uh, my grandma also lived in London. She was in North London. We used to go to see her pretty much every weekend. And um, the way that she fed us was my favourite thing. Which things on a plate, um, but basically like going and buying a load of stuff, um, lay it out on the table, and make everybody eat until their stuff yeah Jewish grandma classic so um that was kind of what we used to do at the weekends and um my mum at home we used to eat a lot of you know penne pasta with Lloyd Grossman sauce and Linda McCartney veggie burgers and stuff like that when we were little um what else my mum's absolute dinner party classic is salmon on crouch it's like her thing that she makes and has been making for like 30 years solidly um but um always salad on the table as well Ashkenazi or Sephardic Jew um (laughs) <laughs> who knows Ashkenazi I think yeah my, it's, it's not the funny. most interesting of the Jewish traditions compare it with the Sephardic the southern yeah, Mediterranean absolutely influences. yeah it's the old country as far as my yeah, grandma's concerned yeah. and I think like a lot of um, uh, people they don't talk that much about what happened before they moved here but yeah. my family have been here since um, so my great grandma was born here in 1910 in the West End and her parents moved here yeah. so if you asked my grandma who my great grandma's no longer with us they don't really talk about yeah. it it's like a lot of Jewish Bad families of that generation. Times. So you've cut the aubergine up there and you've got your rose harissa there yeah. and you've got your tomatoes and your chickpeas just waiting to go in. Uh-huh. You're going to put them all together in a yes. tube Yes, so aubergine can soak up a lot of oil. So what I do with this dish is heat the oil first in the pan as if I'm making roast potatoes. Mm-hmm. And then when you cut the aubergines up, they go into the hot oil. I'm actually going to put some oil in this one in the oven. The oil will heat up in the oven, um, get nice and hot. So when you toss the um, aubergine cubes in it, it's going to be... Um, sealing them quickly rather than um, kind of soaking up like sponges and then they go in for a bit we toss them in some slightly watered down rosarissa because when it comes out the dry it's quite thick so I thin it down with some water Mm -hmm. and then um, toss it in the oven roast it for 15 minutes put it back in again for 15 minutes and then we're going to chuck in some whole cherry tomatoes you don't even need to 
cut them in half. Yeah. They go in for a bit, and then you add in some chickpeas. They go in for a bit, and then we're going to just do some like lemon zest and a tahini drizzle on the top. So, um, and it's absolutely delicious cold as well. So yeah, it's a really I nice bet. kind of pat lunch one. Yeah, it's one of those things that will get better in the fridge over yeah, time. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of nutrition, you you mm-hmm. alluded to the fact that, and your mum was a little bit worried about your uh, yeah nutritional intake. protein. Yeah. Most people don't seem to realise that actually chuck some lentils or some chickpeas in things and there is your protein. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Chickpeas and pulses and lentils and things like that are super high in protein. They're also super cheap um, and they make a great base for um, dishes for other reasons as well because they're often adding creaminess and texture and things like that. So obviously if you blitz up a chickpea, you're ending up with lovely things like hummus um we're also using tahini in this as well um and i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think there's something in the calcium in the sesame seeds which actually helps you to absorb more nutrients from the pulses as well so you know there's reasons why those things get put together in things like hummus yes because the thing about a vegetarian and particularly a vegan diet is you have to actually eat things with your protein in order to be able to absorb it properly and um this is like the rotorista isn't the cheapest thing but everything else in this is super super cheap Mm. and this is going to make four generous portions as well so um it's much cheaper than cooking with meat obviously yeah so tell us a little bit about some of the places where you get your flavours from. I mean, you kind of, you are a culinary adventurer, aren't you? I'm a you? real ma- magpie, I would say, culinary. I'm super lucky that I live in the middle of a city and there's, like, you know, there's inspiration around me all the time. And um, my favourite thing is just to go to the shops, have a wander around and see what's there. If I see something that I don't know how to use, um, learning, pushing myself, and then passing that knowledge on is my absolute favourite thing to do. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I'm super lucky that um, Bella Zoo, they sent me that jar and said, have a play around. It's exactly what I did. And um, I really love getting those kind of intense flavours into things like this. It's pretty much done, but I'm going to put this back in the oven for us. I've just added a can fantastic. of chickpeas. So we're looking at that tray bake with the, the chickpeas beautifully tossed around with the, uh, the aubergine and the cherry tomatoes. You're going to put it back in. Yeah, just for about 15 more minutes, I think. You say you grew up in London, and of course London at that time, and for you millennials, mm. was a fantastic sort of breeding ground of, of new flavours yeah. and new influences. Mm-hmm. But actually you live in Bristol. I live in Bristol. I moved there for uni and then never left. Like my so mum actually, actually moved away, and she lives in Brighton, um, so I didn't have a kind of home town to move back mm-hmm. to. I was also super happy in Bristol, love being there. Um, I love the fact that it's kind of, it's a massive city, yeah. loads of stuff going on, but you will walk down the street and, you know, I know my greengrocer and I know, you know, I love that community that I have in Bristol. So I come up and down to London a lot for work, but I'm really happy yeah. that I live there. And you mentioned the fabulous Gloucester Road where yeah. my daughter lives. She oh, went really? to university and didn't leave, oh. just like you. Still there. And Gloucester Road, of course, is absolutely packed with the most amazing is. immigrant shops, aren't there? There's a, a huge variety of shops down Gloucester Road and it is my kind of magnet in Bristol. Um, if I'm in other parts of town, there's all sorts of other stuff good yeah. going on. But I, if I'm away from Bristol, what I really miss is wandering down Gloucester Road doing my food shopping. Yeah. And I'm very lucky that I don't um, need to go to a supermarket, really, very rarely. There's um, veg shops run by um, Middle Eastern guys. There's bakeries, there's fishmongers, there's everything. And you're able to shop in a way that not many people are. And I'm super aware of how lucky I am you are. with you that. Are. Yeah. And increasingly, there are more and more cities in Britain where you can have that wonderful, diverse experience mm-hmm. with your shopping. But yeah, yeah no, Bristol is a, is a fantastic centre. It is. Now, take me back. So we're just literally waiting for that to 
mulled all those yeah flavors. the aubergines have got some crispy edges but they start to get creamier as they cook down the last stage in the oven is really just with the um drained chickpeas added in we're going to put it back in just for 10 minutes and the chickpeas obviously already cooked so it's just to kind of get it all friendly together we're going to take it out of the oven in a minute and um uh, grate some lemon zest over it which really helps to um stop it being too kind of claggy um and then we're going to make some uh, tahini drizzle which i will get ready now i'm just going to mix the um tahini with a little bit of uh, warm water so it's kind of the consistency of cream really single cream now, lots of people are using tahini in mm-hmm. their recipes um when i look at my tahini which sits in my larder often i think mm-hmm. i don't know how to make it like otolenghi does <laughs> It's just never, ever tastes quite the same. It looks a bit unappealing. Oh, I love tahini. I never feel like that about it. I, I just, I use it all the time. I'm watching you with interest to okay. turn it into something absolutely magical. So first magical. of all, um, if you put it in the fridge, it's going to go rock hard. So um, it, when it's warm at room temperature, it'll be like this, which is kind of like... Honey. Yes. Yeah, smooth honey. Smooth honey. Um, sometimes it separates. The oil will come to the top. That's fine. Just give it a stir. This is a massive tub where we are in um west london there's a lot of uh, middle eastern shops and so there's also loads of places you can get this but even in supermarkets now you'll get in big supermarkets you'll have a choice of more than one kind of tahini so yeah. um that's actually nearly as thin enough as i need it to drizzle anyway because mm-hmm. some, some brands are thicker than the others but um i want it to be, to be the consistency of single cream so i'm going to put some into a bowl and just add a little bit of water and you just drizzle that over the top of it yes do you put anything else with it so i'm going to um put loads and loads of mint leaves on i love mint with savory flavors and it's obviously a really kind of like middle eastern flavor but i also love the combination of like mint parsley and coriander together that's a really nice combo this is going to be fresh mint and then we're going to do some flatbreads with it as well yeah. but um yeah i'm going to put the next lot of aubergines in mm-hmm. get this one out do you find yourself kind of gravitating towards middle eastern more than I most love, i love this sort of food definitely yeah my my um cooking has got a, a very much a kind of mediterranean middle eastern uh, slant is that because so good at vegetarian food i think in that part of the world they are and i know that you did the the fasts and feasts and you lost a lot of weight didn't you it really worked for you i did it was many years ago yeah. i did it for years i wonder if that kind of stayed with you like a really sort it of changed the way that i cook and i don't mean about fasting but basically when i was doing that first book um i the the book i wasn't doing the five two to write the book I was doing it anyway and then I wrote the book around what I'd already learned um but that way of cooking and um batch cooking and getting yourself a bit organized so that you've got food for fast days I realized that's not just for when you're fasting that's really useful all the time for everybody so a lot of the second book was that um approach yeah. and then the third book is the like logical conclusion of well not conclusion next step in the story of um of that way that I cook and so this is from the one pan um, section of the book there's lots of batch cooked things which you can then use up in different ways afterwards um, lots of quick things and yeah just the way that I cook was really affected by that period in my life but although I've like long stopped doing the 5-2 um, I still kind of learnt a lot from from that period tell me about why the, the, the interest in vegan is it are you following the trend or are you setting no, the trend God, i'm not following the trend at all like, like, I, like i said i haven't eaten meat since 1989 so this is no bandwagon jumping i just know that i i know how to cook this kind of food really well and i think if people aren't 
cooking this sort of food themselves they can come up with some nice recipes but understanding what the food needs to look like week in week out what sort of balance you need um this isn't a book specifically for vegans it's all meat free it's all vegetarian more than half of it happens to be vegan because often when things are vegetarian for me and not vegan it's because i've added maybe a fried egg to the top or some cheese or something that you could easily remove and make it vegan but um that's that's just the way that i could and have been for years so yeah um it was very easy for me to the last two books were both pescatarian as i am but it was very easy for me to do a um totally meat-free one because that's the way that i cook oh thank you it's just the next one going in this um this tray here is finished now the first one that i put in so i'm just going to give it a stir you can see it's like Mm. really nice and squidgy i do say in the book to leave it for kind of 15 minutes because boiling hot flavors this is better when it's a little bit cooled down yes and traditionally this would be one of those dishes that sort of to dip at yeah put your flatbreads in exactly and what i'm doing is stirring it up a bit so that those um cherry tomatoes which have all broken already but just the more that you stir it the more they become a a sauce but you don't want to stir it so much that they all disappear you want some chunks of tomatoes i'm just going to leave that for a bit Mm -hmm. and get the lemon and this little microplane mm-hmm. we're gonna um just do some grated lemon zest i love this it's one of my favorite bits of kit yeah mm-hmm. give that another stir then we've got some mint leaves and these um those flatbreads you've mm-hmm. got over there yeah you just got them from you can i mean obviously you can get pitta those, are, those are just regular supermarket yeah. pitters these are some piadina um flatbreads they're italian flatbreads but um like where i am in bristol very lucky i can go and buy all sorts of delicious you know lebanese flatbreads but you know supermarket pitta bread is absolutely yeah. fine yeah but you can eat with this with anything. And yeah, you, yeah. And you, you can make croutons out of your leftover Absolutely. bread or sourdough yeah. or whatever. So I'm just drizzling the tahini over. And then basically we can serve it straight at the table. And then I'm going to... I think we'll do these ones. Mm-hmm. These flatbreads? Yeah, just in a hot pan. Ooh. In a hot pan? You wouldn't put them in the pan. oven? No, it's much quicker. Um, just do them in a hot frying pan. What I would usually do if I was serving a few people at once is... Uh, get a plate with a clean tea towel on it warm them up and then as they're ready put them in that and cover them up and then you've got a pile of warm ones yeah lovely um they long. you're just going to put it on a plate i'm just going to serve it up like that yeah we've got some um pot plows plate bowls my favorite <laughs> um, and then uh yeah we we'll put some extra tahini on the side and um then just yeah pile of warm flatbreads and we're done and you can find Ellie's recipes in the june issue of the magazine and online at deliciousmagazine.co.uk slash stories slash podcasts which is where you can find the full back catalogue of the delicious podcast i'll be back next week with the june episode of the delicious podcast i'll see you then
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 